0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode uh, 122. It is with Jeff. He was a first responder on September 11th, and he sat down and spoke with me about his life starting from when he graduated from high school uh, and uh things that happened to him in the wake of 9-11, and uh, his his story is really something, I got to say. Um, he's an extraordinary human being, and it was my honor to have him on the show. I got to have him as my first guest in the new podcast room, so that was exciting. Of course, um, I did not realize that the air conditioning of the house would kick on, and be heard. I thought that I was completely soundproof but unfortunately there's a couple moments during this conversation where you can hear the AC kick on. I was so bummed out when that happened because I just knew that it was gonna show up on the on the microphone. But you know what things happen and you adjust and so now I know uh, and I just asked for your patience in those couple moments know that that's what that is. it's the AC. And uh, I apologize for the sound changing right there. You can still hear everything okay. It's just I find it a bummer personally that 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 happened. The usual stuff of course Hey Human Podcast social media all over the place. Uh, The Amazon portal is on the HeyHumanPodcast.com website. The links page on the website is full up of stuff. I encourage you to check it out. I try to to take stuff from every episode and put it on that links page and and keep it real full and um, lots of information there email me susan at Podcast.com. i'd love to hear from you if you are so inclined please rate and review hey human podcast at itunes you can also do so on whichever podcast app is your favorite um it always helps so there's really uh, no great words to say on anniversaries such as today is. Um, of course, it'll be a couple of days after 9 when you hear this episode, when it, when it posts. But today, it is September 11th, and all I can think of is love each other, hug on each other, make sure the people who are around you know how you feel about them that you care um yesterday was national suicide prevention day and it's also a really big day of course um especially considering so many veterans commit suicide on the daily i don't know this world is a crazy place and (laughs) lord knows i haven't figured it out it's um so all I've got is to just say, love each other. It's, it sounds trite, but I, I do think it's true, and I do think it's important. It's really the only way to combat everything <laughs> that we get thrown at us, is to look into the eyes of the people we care about and uh, let them know. So thanks for listening, everybody. Here we go. Is it too warm in here? No, it's comfy. Oh, goody. All right. Yeah, that makes me happy. Jeff, welcome to Hey Human. Hi. It's good to have you here.
1: Thanks. Thank you for the invitation.
0: My newly constructed podcast room. I'm so excited.
1: It's very nice. It's comfy.
0: Thank you. It's still a work in progress since basically I finished it last night. (laughs) But it's coming along. Anyway, uh, you are from Chattanooga. I am. And we know each other through a mutual friend. That's right. And he told me uh, a little bit about your story, and I said, well, yes, absolutely, 100%. I'd love to talk to you, so thank you. Thank you. Let's go back. You grew up in Chattanooga? Or... I did. Okay.
1: I did. I, I grew up in Chattanooga, and, um, you know, it's home for me. I've lived many places, but, um, uh, you know, it's—I I think there's a sense of— feeling about a place that feels like home Mm. and whether it's in a house or a city or wherever, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Chattanooga's home. Yeah. The mountains and the rivers and all that.
0: Yeah. It's a good town. I like it. I've always had fun there. Did you, you served in the military? I did. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Uh, what made you, what drew you into that?
2: Uh, Well,
1: I, um, I, was uh, living in Chattanooga. I uh, graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up as a musician.
0: Oh, I've been playing, what did you play? I've
1: been playing music my whole life.
0: Really? What did? What was your uh, instrument of choice? Guitar. Oh, okay.
1: And um, I ended up. Um, I'm not playing any sports in high school or anything like that. and You're um, tall.
0: You could have done the <laughs> could have done the ball. No, I'm
1: not a, I'm not a very good basketball no, player. No, me neither.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but um, I, got a, um, uh, I got a scholarship to the University of New Mexico uh, for guitar, and I went out and studied jazz and classical. Oh, that's
2: so cool. But
1: um, growing up, I grew up uh, playing bluegrass, uh During school and during high school, and then middle school, I went to rock and roll and Chains Addiction and Led Zeppelin oh, and all yeah. these other bands all and the all kinds. Of oh yeah. yeah, all the goodies. And then, uh, but really, kind of came back to the whole bluegrass thing, and then um, got interested in playing jazz and classical, and even out in New Mexico playing flamenco a little bit really yeah so um
0: what is the uh, what makes flamenco a little bit different than everything else is it the finger movement yeah a little bit and then it's
1: just the style of of music i guess i I, you know i would say that's the the difference between here's your coffee jazz and
0: it's gonna be hot and it may be I, i make very dark coffee so if you want to add anything to it to chill it out a little let me
1: know okay <laughs> but anyway uh did went... you
0: want to do flamenco Was that something that you were mm-hmm.
1: no i don't think so i think it was just more of a interest
0: oh, okay um
1: and um so i ended up uh doing that and then um i transferred here uh mm-hmm. to mtsu okay
2: um
1: i wanted to come to nashville and play professionally and everything and i did and went to school full time, and then um, I ran out of scholarship money, and hmm. um, didn't know how I was going to work full time. And did you know
0: what you wanted at that point?
1: I don't think I really knew. Okay. I don't think I really knew. Twenty,
0: uh, twenty-one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 20, 21. Um, and then uh, one night, I think it was the furthest thing from my mind joining the military. Mm. And f- especially for my f- friends' minds, um, you know, they would have never expected it. Yeah. Uh, but one night I was at home and I was, uh, had on the television and I saw this great uh, uh, TV show uh, with Tom Brokaw. And it was about him, um, he was interviewing these uh, Vietnam veterans that had done this uh, battle in Vietnam. Where it was like a seventy-two hour battle on this hill, and you know, and they were coming together uh, for the first time after I don't know how many mm. years, and having a reunion and and stuff like that. And for some reason, it really resonated with me. I don't know what it was, and I, and at this point, I had had long hair and I was wearing tie dye and you know. N- Not even the closest thing to a military person. And what
0: year would this be?
1: 96. Okay. I would say Mm -hmm. 97. Um, but, um, I felt like I needed something like that in my life, something that's so stable that, and that bond with somebody else that I didn't really know all that well. Mm.
0: Um, a band of brothers
1: yeah a little bit Mm -hmm. and um and so the next day i went and um looked at the military branches and um you know i wasn't gonna i didn't want to go in the army and uh i didn't want to uh go in the navy because i like water but i don't love it
0: (laughs) submarines that's yeah that takes a special kind or
1: even discipline you know (laughs) even living on a ship Mm -hmm. for like 300 days of the year. Yeah. Like, no thanks. Yeah. I mean, I admire the people that want oh, to do that. Totally. And I have a lot of friends that do that, but um, no, it w- it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So, um, the Air Force
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was a, it seemed to fit really well. So.
0: And how did you find it?
1: I don't, I just, I think I went and sought it out.
0: No, I mean, how did you like it?
1: Oh, like... oh, gosh, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I, Loved it.
0: It was all the things that you wanted.
1: Yeah, um, it was. I and
0: were you trained to fly? Because you wear glasses, so I don't know. No. I've, I've heard the rumors that if you have to wear glasses, they don't let you fly. Or uh, no. I don't know if that's true. It's just
1: no. I I actually um, I went in to be a uh, bomb builder. I built uh, big bombs.
0: From guitar playing to bomb building. Wow. The Guthries are spinning in their (laughs) graves.
1: I know. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so contradictory. It's crazy.
0: Wow. Fascinating though, I bet. uh,
1: Yeah. It was something. I mean, you know, I, I think I just wanted to do something that was so far removed from everything else that I had ever known.
0: Have you always been like that? I find that really fascinating. Most people find comfort in that which they know. To, I don't know. Hmm. Do you um, believe in reincarnation? Maybe you had been a military. I do. I,
1: I do. Maybe actually. that's
0: why you were drawn to the Vietnam thing. Maybe. Hmm.
1: I, I'm not sure, but um, you know, I know a lot of people that are great doctors or lawyers or, um, interview, (laughs)
0: um,
1: or, you know, just being able to talk to people, I was really good at being in the military.
0: Yeah. You took to, it. I
1: just, it's all a game. And if you could figure the game out, then you've got it made.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I, I just, I felt like I, I wasn't in for very long. Um, I was in for, uh, almost 10 years, but, uh, um, that seems like a, yeah,
0: that's a couple tours. Is it not? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, if I, I, I would have stayed in, mm-hmm. I would have retired
0: now. I'm curious because I'm going to ask you a million questions cause yeah. that's what this is all about. Yeah, but, right, right. um, I'm curious, uh, how was that intellectually building or even spiritually or emotionally to build bombs, knowing what that was. And obviously they have a purpose and those purposes have to be carried out. Um, but where did you stand with all of that stuff? Did you think about that or not so much? Or? Yeah,
1: I, I did. Um, I, I think I reflect on it more now mm. than I did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I felt like I was doing um, my job. Mm-hmm and um, what I was asked to to do right and um, I don't think I really um, questioned the intent behind it because um, I I know that um, the men and women that are in uniform um, will will die for for our freedom
0: absolutely and
1: for the freedom to even do this sure uh, and have a have this conversation. Yeah,
0: absolutely. you know,
1: it's it's something that a lot of people take for granted. Uh, yeah. Um, and
0: it's quite a web. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, you drop a drop of water into a placid lake and watch it ripple out. That's really yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. But I, and uh, and I get it completely. But I am always curious to know, like, in the moment, if people, you know, think about that outwardly or if it's just like get the job done. It has a purpose. It's necessary.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get the job is, done. Yeah. Uh, it's necessary. Yeah. You know, um, and I was in at a at a um, at a pivotal moment in American history.
0: Yeah. So that would have been the first Iraq war. No, no, wait. Two thousand ninety-two. When 90, When no, did you enter? No,
1: so it was uh, ninety-eight.
0: Oh, 98?
1: Yeah, so it was after the first Gulf War. Okay. And before the Iraq War. Ah. And so, um, like the first operation that I was involved with uh, was Kosovo. Okay. And um, the NATO strike
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Kosovo, and then uh, after shortly after that, um, the USS Cole which was a Navy ship, was uh, attacked and bombed by um, by a little vessel that ran into the side of it in Yemen. And uh, I think like 30 sailors died Hmm. from that. Um, I have a
0: vague recollection of that. um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, And then. um, and then 9/11, and you know, there's
0: still... so 9/11. You were serving, and you were in. I did a little research. You were in DC at the time. I was
1: in DC, and I was right, right next to the Pentagon.
0: So talk about that.
1: <sighs> that was... If you
0: can't, I mean, I'm sure that rec- creates a lot of stress, but
1: it does in a way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have PTSD um, from any of that stuff, but I, I do think about it. And I do um, have dreams about it every once in a while. And, what, are the
0: dreams hostile or
1: um, no it's just like flashes of, um, of scenes from that day that I can envision my in my what, head.
0: What were you required to do?
1: Um, well so I didn't uh, I didn't even know about the uh, attack on the um, World Trade Center. Um, and then, uh, the Pentagon was attacked. And as soon as it was attacked, I, um, I had just come from, I, I just come from, uh, the field. I had just gotten there. I got there in, uh, to DC in July or June. The of, field
0: meaning you were overseas.
1: It, it, well, I was out, um, not maneuvering. In, yeah. yeah. I, I was not in the, in the Pentagon. Right. A lot of people that work in the Pentagon are or administrative type people. Um, and, um, and I had just come from, you know, operational mm-hmm. world and, um, and my commander knew that. So when, uh, when the Pentagon was hit, uh, all of a sudden, uh, got detached from my unit and assigned to an army unit. And, uh, I found myself in, uh, in body armor with a m16 rifle and all that kind of stuff and standing on top of a building um looking out for incoming aircraft
0: that whole day was so surreal on and i just i can't even imagine what would have been going through your mind at that moment or that day um it was it was it was a dream state that you know what i mean as far as somebody that had a specific uh, job to do but as a civilian from the morning, I, I remember that morning because my roommate came, it, you know, it happened early on the West Coast, for us, on the West Coast. You know, I was in Seattle at the time. And so my roommate, who got up quite early for work, she ran upstairs and she said, you have to come down, you have to come down, something's going on. And I said, what? And she said, I don't know, a, a plane flew into you know, the World Trade Center. And, and I was like, oh my God, you know, so I got up and I went downstairs <clears throat> and we watched as the second one together and I turned to her I said uh, and then, then this is no accident and then all hell broke loose of course Yeah. as if it weren't already but the, the reality hit yeah. in that moment so you on the other side of the nation
1: well I think um, I think the military uh, the training that we had mm-hmm. um, uh, all of a sudden became an operational type thing It wasn't just a training exercise anymore. This was real world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um,
0: and you had been preparing for that. And we, yeah, we've been preparing
1: for it. So, um, so, um, it, it was very hectic. I will say that, um, the visions that I have in, in dreams sometimes, um, you know, there was so much smoke and debris everywhere that, um, that, you know, I, I had a, I had a, had to wrap something around my mouth.
0: So you didn't have respirators. Yeah,
1: no, we didn't have any of that stuff. I mean, we just kind of went out and did it, and then, um, and then one of the things that I see sometimes in my dreams are, I looking at my uniform and seeing little white flakes of debris and ash
2: mm-hmm.
1: falling on, on my sleeve, and uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, man, I don't know. Sometimes it's heavy.
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes it's heavy.
0: Did you lose anyone in that day? No. Hmm.
1: No one that I knew. Okay. I did not.
0: I just, it's its weird because, as a, again, uh, watching it had, transpire on the television. And then my parents were on vacation. And they had made a point to not tell the kids where they were going. They oh. made a big deal about <laughs> it. Like, we're going to sneak away. And we knew they were in Vegas. That was yeah. all that we knew. and. I was so calm and I was dialing. I It was a yellow pages. You know, I was mm-hmm. dialing through all the the phone numbers for hotels. Yeah. Thank God they were at the Bellagio. Um, and I remember when I got patched through I and mean, it was trouble because the lines were so freaky. You know, there was yeah. a lot of busy signal. And oh, yeah. Everybody's I mean, calling everyone.
1: DC was on shut total shutdown. Shut
0: yeah. Especially because I imagine. Uh, were there cell phones? Yeah, oh, yeah there were cell you phones. You can set now. off detonations with a cell phone Yeah, yeah that's a big deal so um I remember my dad answering the phone and I was so calm and then my dad answers the phone at the hotel and I just lost my shit I mean I was hysterical yeah I couldn't understand how anyone could do something like that and I know war is hell and all that stuff but it just I couldn't I couldn't wrap my brain around it
1: yeah and um
0: I still can't to be honest. It, it, yeah. I never can. Every time I see anything like that, of course, this stuff happens all over the world.
1: Well, I didn't go home. Uh, I didn't go home for about, I guess, a week and a half. We were on twelve-hour rotations Oy. of of um, of duty, and um, I, we just slept there. Yeah. And um, you know, but it was what we had to do and what I was being asked to do. And it was, it was fine. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But we stood on top of a building with high powered binoculars and telescopes and everything looking out for incoming aircraft. And we were supposed to call it in if we saw it
0: was going to can an M-16 take down an aircraft? No. I wouldn't n- think so. No,
1: we, no we, <laughs> we we weren't to do it, um, oh. but um, we were to call in anything that we saw. Sure. And actually, later on that day, the same day, you know, they had shut down airspace in Washington, D.C. altogether. Of course. And there was a private plane up in the air that— that and Didn't they, get the memo? Didn't get the memo, apparently, and we called it in. And uh, it actually was on CNN. They, they had—
0: The <laughs> jet's coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not good.
1: So, a little crazy.
0: How do you recover from something, from an experience like that?
1: I don't, like I said, I don't think I really have PTSD, so. You
0: compartmentalized uh, it okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, I and I, I didn't even really watch the footage of what happened at the World Trade Center until, like, um, I don't think I really watched it until, like, a year later.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know- Interesting. it's so sad,
0: oh, yeah, I mean, I just it's horrifying what human beings are capable of doing to each other it, yes
1: and and uh
0: I'd like to think that one day we won't be like that, but
1: i I haven't been back to d c since i since I left really there um
0: intentionally or just by chance you haven't been
1: um kind of both hmm. um but um I did go to, um, I did go to New York city, uh, mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it was on the 15th anniversary
2: mm-hmm.
1: of nine 11. And I actually flew into LaGuardia on nine 11 and I flew in, um, and this was for a business trip. And I flew in that evening on nine 11 and I looked out the window and saw Manhattan and everything. And then I, they had the, uh, the towers, the, um, the light. Beams of light
2: mm-hmm.
1: shining up, and and it was hard not to reflect on how full circle my life has come in fifteen years. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hmm. So, it's just. Uh, it's I haven't fantastic. been
0: able to go to the memorial in in New York. I haven't. I've I've been near it, but I haven't been able to bring myself.
1: Well, um, on. I I was at, I was at the, um, the remembrance ceremony on September 11th, 2002 at the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still have, um, you know, I've got a, I've got a whole box of memories stored up in the attic at my house. Uh, but I still have the, um, the pamphlet from that day, like the little handout and, uh, the, the pamphlet, it had a list of who was speaking and, and um, it came with a little American flag and a pen. And it's still all intact. I, I never took mm. it out or anything. I just wanted to keep it. Uh, but I remember that day I escorted um, uh, Senator McCain. Oh,
2: wow. And
1: Cindy McCain, which is crazy because he just passed away. He did. And, um, but there were, I mean, it was a who's who of, of, of political officials and the president and the vice president and everybody else
0: did you get to chat with mccain
1: no uh not that time i have i have uh bef- i um since that day i i i have one other time
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, um but um so on september twelfth, two 2002 uh, i actually traveled with the president up to new york city um and where he would gave a speech to the United Nations hmm. on why we needed to go to war with Iraq. And I was I was in the room when he gave that speech. And I how did
0: you feel about that? I
1: just thought our world is never going to be the same.
0: And also a wrong country.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, but on that on that trip, uh, we got to go down in the hole of the World Trade Center. Because there was nothing left.
0: Oh, I don't think I could have done that.
1: It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And just looking up and looking at um, the buildings around it and the broken-out windows still that had um, boards on them. It, it was just—it's
2: intense.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could handle it. I'm. I, my empathy meter is. Far too high. I just... The night before... The day before that happened in 2011, I had a a coffee meeting with a friend of mine who had just returned from the Gaza. And I remember going to the grocery store before the meeting. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, it was a really nice day. I was wearing shorts and like a tank top. Um, Seattle. Next day, everybody (laughs) gets almost naked. And uh, I remember buying tomatoes for later. I bought a yogurt and I bought a bottle of water and probably some, I, this, this particular store had chocolate covered gummy bears, which at the time I was fully addicted to. So I know it sounds hideous, but they're really good. Anyway. Uh, and this is before I knew I was celiac. So I ate gummy bears. Um, as I was walking to my car, holding my water and my bag of tomatoes and eating my, you know, spooning out my yogurt. Um, I remember thinking to myself, wow, what a luxury, what a luxury it is to be in America. I'm a woman, a young woman wearing shorts and a tank top. Mm -hmm. I just purchased a yogurt, a bottle of water and some tomatoes, you know, and I'm going to go hang out in a coffee shop and chat with a friend who just, and I think my mind was there because of where he was coming from. You know, he's a journalist and a photographer and, um, I remember going to my car thinking, this is an illusion. This feeling that I have right now is illusionary. It's not that feeling of safety and all of it, which is for me looking back on that day, it's, it was as if my, as if I knew that the next day everything was going to be different. Yeah. And I sat in that coffee shop with my friend and, uh, he was telling me about how they would be, you know, just wherever and suddenly bombs would come and everybody would duck under under something. And he said, yeah, that happens all the time there. They just you don't hear about it, but it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's just a way of life. And so it doesn't really make the newspapers. Yeah. And so it it cemented that feeling I had as I was journeying across the parking lot that and, you know, and getting into a car that I get to drive which in some places in the world is just now uh, being allowed for oh, women. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it, the whole thing was just so surreal. And that night I slept so deep. I I'm a really, really vivid dreamer. And that night I slept so deeply and I, I didn't recall any dreams. And so when I was woken up in the morning by my friend, Ellen, to say, come down and see what was going on. I, d- I don't know, like the whole thing of it, the whole arc of that 24 hour cycle, still to this day it trips me out so yeah. much yeah you know
1: well um, and I think it's the the um, I think a lot of it is the military operations that we don't hear about every mm-hmm.
0: day there's so many
1: I mean it's c- countless
0: that's the thing too I get frustrated as you know you you obviously are military but when people say Look, I don't, nobody likes war. Of course not. Nobody likes death and, and all this stuff. But I don't think people have an idea that this stuff is going on all over the world all the time. Oh, yeah. And that there are actively human beings, military, our military, that are trying to keep things together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and...
0: And thwarting uh, God knows what.
1: Working at the Pentagon you know, it's a joint service environment. It's not just our air force people. I mean, it's Marines and
0: mm-hmm.
1: soldiers and sailors. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but some of the most impressive people I've ever met have been, uh, from the coast guard mm. and the coast guard isn't even really considered a branch of the military. They're, they're out of the department of transportation. And, but, um, I think one of the reasons that makes them so together is because, you know, they do stuff on a daily basis on our...
0: Border. On border, our border borders. Yes.
1: Down in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And you have drugs and Piracy money. And, and pirates and guns and all that stuff. And they are dealing with it every day.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's something that most people just don't even think about.
0: That's right. And it's extraordinarily dangerous.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean...
0: That is a really good point. Yeah. Go Coast Guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So... You are a first responder. Yeah. Go in and deal with that situation. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you start getting sick.
1: Well, I stayed in D.C. for uh, a couple more years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I left in 2004. So, um, but, uh, you know, when I was there, there was also other things that happened. Uh Uh, anthrax attack
2: Mm. uh,
1: through the postal service and people were sending letters with anthrax in them. Well, my post office was one of the ones that got hit. You know, my, my mail came through the white house communications agency, which sends the, which is the postal carrier for the, the actual white house and the Senate and you know, a lot of different places. So they got attacked by anthrax. So I didn't get mail for like, I don't know, three months. And I had to learn how to pay all my bills online, which was totally <laughs> new to me at the time. And, um, you know,
0: that's so I remember
1: I remember looking out. The, I was doing the dishes and looking out the kitchen window and seeing my neighbor going to the mailbox with rubber gloves on and just thinking, this is fucking crazy. This is crazy. It's crazy
2: yeah.
0: what's
1: happening. And then not only that, but we had the snipers on the freeway.
0: Oh, that's right. The
1: D.C. Snipers. It was great. That was oh. crazy. That was like two blocks from my house that one of those shootings happened. And it was like for weeks at a time. And I just remember, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of D.C. And I love Washington, D.C. Yeah,
0: everybody I know loves
1: it. I mean, I love it. I love the historical aspect of everything and the buildings and
0: the museums. You know, and it's
1: awesome. Yeah. Um, but
0: kind of during the time, (laughs) yeah,
1: during the time. And there's like a protest every day on, uh, on the mall, which is cool. I'm all for, for that. But like, geez, it's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, I had to get out.
2: Yeah. I had
1: to get out of there. So, um, so I did and I moved from, moved on from there. And then, uh, when I moved, um, I started noticing uh something with my health.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I was a big runner. Um I don't run anymore. My I think my my knees are too weak now. Um uh but I was a big runner and I ran like seven, eight miles three days a week. Without just, anyone chasing it, you. <laughs> it's just, it's just part of it's just part of military life.
0: Yeah. Oh, just well, staying in shape and all yeah.
1: that stuff, you know. Um and, but, uh, when I would run, um, I noticed that, um, I felt like I was going to pass out. Mm-hmm. I felt dizzy and I, I didn't know why. And so I went to the doctor about it and, uh, they did an EKG and it turned up irregular. Um, and, uh, and then they sent me for an echocardiogram. Uh, and it turned out that I had an enlarged uh, chamber of my heart. And you hear about um, young athletes mm-hmm. that um, will pass out on the football field or basketball or die. court or, or die. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's usually why, is that um, it, they have an enlarged heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened to be that um, I had a, an enlarged chamber of my heart. Uh, which was um, causing all kinds of problems.
0: Did they think that was genetic, or brought on from the?
1: They think that environment it, that it was uh, brought on by the environment.
0: So from your doing the first responding, yes. all the ash and crap in the air. Right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And they think it was uh, stress and the pressure of, of all that stuff mm. brought that up, uh, brought that on. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, you know, I, I became sick. Um, and, it, and it progressively turned into me feeling like I was going to pass out, like um, doing laundry. Mm. And I became really,
0: really weak.
1: And I, I wasn't able to stay in any longer, stay in the military any longer. Uh, they that must were,
0: have been heartbreaking since you loved it so much.
1: I did. I did love it. Um, and it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, but
0: so they gave you a medical discharge.
1: They didn't just give me a medical discharge. They had seen what I'd done with my career and, um, what I had gone through. And so they actually gave me uh, medical retirement.
2: Mm, that's nice.
1: So, which I am completely thankful for. It was, it was not an easy process to, to go about arranging that. Um, but, um, But they granted me that. And I think it was because they knew that if they were just going to release me, I would never be able to get health insurance. I would never be able to get life insurance or anything like that. Even
0: though you served for all those years? Yep. That is so messed up. Yep. I just had this conversation with somebody a couple days ago that the, the aftercare for those who serve is disturbingly poor. It's
1: crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it allows me the, um, um, the freedom to, um, seek medical help outside of the veterans administration, outside of the VA. And, and yeah, which is, it's a big deal. And I literally, I would not be, be, be here if, if it hadn't been for that. Um, they, they helped save my life. So So
0: you're getting weaker.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm getting weaker. I get out of the military. I moved back to Chattanooga, um, just because it was home. I have family there, um, stuff like that. Um, I, um, I went to, uh, the Chattanooga Heart Institute and I had a doctor, uh, that I went to see, um and uh, they didn't know what was wrong. They didn't, they knew that they saw the things that were wrong with me. They didn't know how to fix it. Mm, Really? Uh, Chattanooga uh, has a great medical community, but uh, it's not like here in Nashville where you have Vanderbilt yeah, or like you can go to the Mayo Clinic somewhere, or you can go to the Cleveland Clinic, or NYU, or Duke, or something like that. It's not a major medical place. Sure. Place.
0: And every hospital has its thing that it excels at, of course.
1: Exactly, and and they don't do um, heart, they don't do heart transplants in Chattanooga.
0: And we had progressed to th- at this point. You were there.
1: Uh no, not yet. Oh. Um, they, I had this one doctor, um, who said. I don't know how to fix you, but I think of, I think I know of somebody that could help you. And I, even today, um, he and that doctor and I still have the best relationship with one another. We've gone out and have had a beer Mm. together
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and, and I've literally, I've thanked him for saying to me, I don't know.
0: Thank God for that.
1: Because there's a lot of people that are so proud of what they do
0: and wrapped up in their ego.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: That he could have tried a million things. Yeah. And just kept.
0: Now it, did he, it, it, so you can't just repair a chamber that requires no. an entire, well, do you want some coffee?
1: Uh, no, oh, I've okay. still got a little bit more. Okay. Um, when, um, having an enlarged heart causes multiple problems. Because there's, there's valves that go in between the chambers, and they're like two little f- flaps, and they work together simultaneously mm-hmm. to allow the blood to pump through effectively. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have an enlarged heart, uh, those chambers are spread apart. Those, those va- that valve is spread apart.
0: So there's no so, regulatory.
1: Yeah, so it will allow blood to pump through, but some blood may pump back up.
0: Which is dangerous for bacterium and all sorts of. Well, beings, it right? causes
1: all kinds of problems. It causes yeah. weird heart rhythms and yeah. all kinds of stuff. I have a mitral
0: valve prolapse. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, the the heart disease that I had was called restrictive cardiomyopathy, which means that it's restricted to one chamber of the heart. And but cardiomyopathy is an actual disease of the heart muscle, to where it's not actually pumping like it should, it just kind of wiggles a little bit.
0: Which is why you were out of breath and all these and lightheaded and you're just not getting the blood to your brain even. That's
1: right. And so, um, I guess in 2007, in June of 2007, um, I was at home and I was sitting on the couch and then all of a sudden I just got this massive headache. It was it was intense and it was like I had a ringing in my ears that was just like, um, I don't know if you've ever been in a bad car accident where it's like, bam, and you've got this intense ringing in your ears. It was so massive. And I ran to the ran to the bathroom and I got sick uh, to my stomach. And then all of a sudden, that was the last thing I remember. And um, I woke up in the hospital and...
0: uh, Were you married at the time? Did you have somebody that was keeping an eye on things?
1: I I was married at the time. And um, I woke up in the hospital and I had had a blood clot in my heart. Uh, All that, um, since the blood wasn't being pumped effectively, it pulled up in my heart. And um, it moved my brain. And on the way up, it actually spilled into two clots, and so I had two massive strokes at the same time. Jesus. And uh, it was not. It was, what
0: part of your brain.
1: It was not cool. Um, and my thalamus and my cerebellum.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and it caused. Uh, um, it caused um, a lot of bad stuff to happen to my body physically, uh, the right side of my body was, uh, was paralyzed for just a short while. Um, and then, um, uh, I lost the ability to speak. It took me about three and a half months to really learn how to talk again.
0: That's scary. It, Did you,
1: it's incredibly
2: scary.
0: What does that mean? I've always wondered that because does that mean that you would just sit and learn ABCD or does it mean your brain, <laughs> you already know what the words are, but you have to learn how to make your mouth do the thing. Absolutely. Or? Okay.
1: And it's like you're trapped inside your own body. Hmm. And that's the reason that a, um, that stroke is so terrible. It's because usually it happens to when you're uh, up in age, uh, to elderly folks, and, um, you know, I can be a heart <laughs> condition patient,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you're a stroke victim mm. because it's all of a sudden your brain is sick and your brain is paralyzed and, uh, you have brain damage and, you know, when you have surgery or, uh, another medical procedure, Uh, There's medicine that doctors can give you to help you feel better. There's pain medicine. There's all kinds of stuff that they can do. When your brain is damaged and your brain is sick, there's no medicine that, that they can give you to help you feel better. All it is is strong will and determination to make yourself feel better. And it's like a drive and a will to carry on and to get better yourself.
0: Thank God you were in the military. Well, because I feel like that's, you know, yeah, the like military training would have helped you. Not that it works for everyone, but I would imagine that that training is something you can draw from.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it was, and Did I you think,
0: have to have brain surgery to no, relieve the clots. N-
1: never had to have brain surgery. Um, and, but I was, I was, buddy. I was, <laughs> I was, like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> to ruin that. <laughs> I,
1: I was like a minute or two away from having to have that done. Wow. Um, they gave me... Uh, they did give me medicine that broke up the clots of my brain. Uh, they didn't have to go in and...
0: 50 bare aspirin or something. I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Some sort of, yeah, blood thinner probably. Um,
1: but um, <clears throat>
0: um,
1: I couldn't speak. Could uh, you write? No, because it all came out like a, like a like a kindergartner.
0: So in your mind, you're speaking full senses, but in, in reality... It's like having apraxia. It doesn't come out correctly.
1: Actually, when I was speaking, it was coming out in numbers. Whoa. Like one, nine, four, five, six. I was actually physically saying that, but in my mind, I thought I was saying, I'm okay. It's all right. I'm going to be all right. That
0: gives me the shivers.
1: Well, at the time, I was working as an engineer, and so math was incredibly important because I was doing trig and calculus pretty much all day long. And I was doing these heavy mathematical equations and it wasn't, it was, uh, I could remember one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, but I couldn't remember numbers in a pattern. I knew, um, like I didn't know what a telephone number even looked like.
2: Mm.
1: I didn't know my social security number. I knew what street I lived on, but I didn't know the house number. Like it was like numbers. Patterns were just completely erased from my mind.
2: Yeah.
1: It was like there there was all of a sudden a wall put up in my brain where I couldn't remember any of that. But I tell you, the one thing that really helped was music, because music is math. Mm. The way that scales fit together and the way that chords fit together in a in a pattern. Mm. It was a math puzzle, and if I could figure out the math puzzle, I could I could probably do it physically. I could make it come out of the guitar, and so I still think about it like that. I still think of music like that, and uh, it's pretty interesting.
0: So all that classical training saved the day.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: All right, so you've had these strokes, and y- your body is probably in massive defense mode, and yet you still have this issue with your heart. So
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, so uh, my heart disease went way downhill quick after that. That was in June of 2007. In November, I was put on the um, transplant list uh, to have a heart transplant. And so... Um, I uh, waited for a while. Were um, you at
0: least somewhere toward the top, given? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I was. Your
0: service, but
1: um, well, it didn't really have anything to do with service. It, oh, it doesn't. It just has to do with um, with how sick you are. Okay. And and how how life threatening it is. Uh-huh. You know, there's there's some people that wait years for a transplant. Sure. Whether it's hard lung.
0: A lot of people die liver, of waiting.
1: Oh yeah. Sure. And that's why it's extremely important. And I'm going to put it out there. Donate your donate your organs, please. You can save so many people. I mean, your, your ear drums can be used to help somebody hear again. I mean, it's even your skin, all kinds of stuff. So I cannot express that enough. Um, but uh, I actually got called three times uh thinking that they had a heart for me. And the first time, uh, sat there, waited all night long in the hospital, and somebody else ended up getting it.
0: How does that happen?
1: Uh because it's matching and all that. Yeah. Matching. And they always call in too. Yeah. Uh, because if it doesn't work out for one person, there's a backup.
0: Right. And Um, there's not a lot of window, I suppose. No, no. Like conditions
1: have to be absolutely perfect. Yes. Like the person can be sick, but they can't be too sick. Like it's, it's a fine window. And, um, and, um, the next time I, I didn't even get to the hospital. Um, and somebody else got it. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, it turned out that the heart had uh, fluid in it and they couldn't use it.
0: Yours or theirs? The, the, the theirs. transplant heart. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then the third time it worked.
0: So, so, in that second time, though, where you're thinking, this is it, this is it, I mean, what do you go through? How do you not oh. have post traumatic stress from that? Well, <laughs> that it, walking in that fine line and knowing that. I you're think it's just. It. Uh,
1: Um. Hope, and faith that it that it's going to happen, you know. I I I don't know. I, and I think I was just so sick. I was so sick uh, that. Um. I mean, what else do you do?
0: Were you in the hospital this whole time? Did they? Let no, you... no, 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 so no. I, I, yeah, yeah, so I was at home. Oxygen mat. No, was tank never him. had to do any of that. Okay.
1: Um, I did have a, um, I did have a, um, it's not a pacemaker, but it's called an ICD, uh, implantable cardiac defibrillator, Mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, for my heart rate was too fast. And so Mm -hmm. it would help regulate it. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, like I'm sure you've seen on medical shows and stuff where they have the, like the EMT has the paddles and they shock somebody. It was that.
0: But it was, it in, but it was
1: inside inside me.
0: Yeah, my friend Charlie just passed away. He had that, and it got infected.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't have mine for very long. I only had mine for just not even six months, maybe even a couple of months. But um, I did get shocked once. It was awful. It's like getting kicked in the chest by a horse. I mean, literally. Um, um, but you know, it, it was. It was either wait and um, and receive a heart or, or or die. I mean, that was
0: right. A lot of options. I mean, there. not a lot of
1: options there. So, you know, but <laughs> I just did the best that I could. Do you have children? I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, and um, you know, it's just uh, it, it's a lot. To, it's a lot to think about now, um, but
0: so then you get the call that they have one.
1: Yeah, got the call that they had one. I ended up having my transplant um, Valentine's Day, two thousand
0: eight. Gotta love God's sense of humor, Ooh,
1: man. Tell you what, <laughs> and it was good. Um, it was very hard. I I, I won't lie. Uh, physically, it's very hard. Emotionally, it's incredibly hard. Um,
0: How do you mean? Besides the obvious, is there anything specific that comes to
1: mind? Yeah, you kind of sit there and, I mean, being in the hospital for a month. Depressing. Yeah. And and you think about, why me? And, you know, why did this, why was I chosen to do this? And, you know, even though I was extremely grateful for, for what I is the most precious gift you could ever receive from another human being is the gift of life. And that somebody would be so selfless to give of themselves after they're finished with their physical form.
0: Did you know anything about the person whose heart you received?
1: I didn't. I didn't.
0: Did Uh, you feel any different? Did you have any kind of like, Oh, now I crave salami. I hated salami before. Anything like that I've heard of?
1: No. Um, no, I didn't. Um, but, um,
0: was it surreal? I mean, you have somebody else's heart inside of you. That is so weird.
1: Yeah. It, it uh, it is at first, but now it's mine. Now it's mine.
0: That one isn't. No. <laughs> it gets more interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
1: uh, so anyway, but, um, like the physical rehabilitation of, of, um, that transplant was very hard. I, um, it was hard to move. I didn't know how to feel in my chest and my body, and it was very uncomfortable. And like, you know, they're they I mean, they're cracking open. Yeah, they, every, it's like literally being hit by a truck.
0: Yeah, they open you all oh, the way yeah. up. Crack your and ribs open. you've got tubes and, and, and stuff
1: everywhere, and there's all kinds of baggage. And like, it's wild. But it's unbelievable to think about. This I mean, may
0: be a dumb question, but uh, does it change your blood type? Is your heart what makes the no. blood type, or is it your blood that makes? No, it? it's
1: your blood. Oh, that okay,
0: makes blood. all right. So it's just really a filtration. Yeah, system. but one of
1: the things that they have to match when you do receive an organ is blood type and tissue type, and there's all kinds of things that go crazy, antibodies and all that, all that stuff. So yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. So. Um, did that. Um, it was hard. Um, there was a lot, I, I did have some infection and stuff that happened after, mm-hmm. uh, after that transplant that was hard to deal with. Like I had a, uh, I had to have a port put in, uh, my chest for, um, constant, um, uh, uh, yeah, they, they had to do like, uh, light therapy, uh, uh, to my blood. Where they would actually cycle my blood out of its out of my body and shock it with light, because um, um, your heart has, your body has so many immunities in it, uh, but when you have a transplant and a, your body is considering that a foreign object and it's trying to fight it off, and so uh, my blood was not. And the antibodies and the immune cells in my blood was thinking that this is not my heart. This is a foreign object and I'm going to attack it. And so what they would do is they would take the blood out of my body and shock it with light to like reset it to zero and then filter it back into my body. So it would think, oh, now this is now this is my heart.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Who thought that up?
1: (sighs) Not me. I'm not smart enough to think something like that. Of. That
0: is insane.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of side effects that can come along with that, too. Like, um, my eyes were really sensitive to light, so I had to wear sunglasses all the time, even indoors. I mean, you just kind of look like a freak. <laughs> Why say.
0: is that? It's an interesting I, off I don't know. shoot of a thing. <clears throat>
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: Huh. Well, we're, I guess an entire system.
1: Yeah. So, hmm. I'm. I'm not... I'm not a doctor. I don't try to be. I don't try to pretend to be.
0: Not even I on TV. I probably
1: should have been. But <laughs>
0: Engineer's close. Yeah, well. Engineer's close.
1: But, um, you know, it's just...
0: So, when did things start to go south on that heart?
1: Well, I had done um, I'd done a lot with that heart. Um, I had the first section of that point trail. I had been snowboarding and... You know, I was very athletic. I was riding road bikes, uh, like bicycles and mountain biking and hiking all the time. And I was feeling good, feeling great. I went in uh, for a four year checkup, uh, which um, every year I have to have a biopsy done of my heart. They actually go in. They uh, they do a heart catheterization where they they go in um, through a little scope and um And they look at the pressures and the pumping functions of my heart, and they actually take out a little piece of it, and they test it for rejection uh, to see if, you know, if there's any kind of problems there. So, um...
0: Janice Joplin.
1: Yeah. So, um, on my four-year checkup, they, um, they came back and they said, your body is rejecting your heart. Um...
0: After that long,
1: we see how, how hard you have tried. Cause I changed my diet. I, I changed the, my way of thinking. And one of the things about being a transplant recipient is compliance on every level, whether it's your diet or taking your medicine, on time every time every day
0: because you had to take anti-rejection medicine the rest of your life right N- not necessarily oh, okay uh
1: not necessarily for the rest of your We're life We're right now <laughs> but um but um during that time yeah i mean you it, and plus the other thing is it costs a lot of money i mean it costs a lot of money for the medicine you know thankfully i have a great insurance so like it's i'm 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 cool with that but um you know, a lot of people can't afford it.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, it's really sad when I, when I see stuff like that happen. And the other thing is um, not just keeping your diet and your medicine right, but it's also keeping your mind right. Because if you're not right up here, you're not going to be right anywhere else in your body. And So it, what did that mean for you? Well, just um, having a positive attitude about everything um you know and i think when i first had my transplant i it's hard to avoid regular human emotions it's it's hard to avoid being sad and getting angry and getting upset and all that kind of stuff and i had to work past that because i thought you know i should i'm just grateful to be here and which generally i am but I will, I will get sad and upset and mad and, you know, all those and happy and laugh and all those kind of things. That's what makes humans humans. Hey, human.
0: Yeah. Uh, Amen.
1: (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, uh, I I had to, I had to just realize that I was human just like everybody else. I've just been dealt a, a different hand.
0: An extraordinary one.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: so in that moment, when the doctor says this isn't working, what, what now?
1: Um, so we looked at the, what now? So when they went in to do that for your checkup and biopsy, it turned out that, uh, one of my arteries was clogged in my, in my heart, which is, um, uh, it was like, I was going to have a heart attack. But the thing is that when they uh, when they put in a new organ, when they put in a new heart, uh, they can reconnect everything, but they can't reconnect nerves. So there's a brain, there's a nerve that runs from your brain to your heart to tell it how fast to beat. Uh, um, you know, like when I work out, I have to work, I have to warm up very slowly, and I have to cool down very slowly. I can't just take, I just can't go sprinting off across the field. Uh, you know, like I've got to build up to it. It's not that I can't do that. I just, you know, I've got to watch myself. So, um, um, so we looked at different options. We looked at stenting or balloon therapy. We looked at bypass surgery.
0: And wait, you had a a clogged artery, but you were on this healthy diet. Was that just an,
1: it was just, it was, um, I had a, Heart disease that um that only transplant patients can get called um oh gosh. If I hadn't just said that I would remember the name.
0: It's okay.
1: Cardiac vasculopathy. Okay. Is what it's called. And it's like where um and again I'm not a doctor so so if anybody's listening that disagrees. (laughs) I don't really know what I'm talking
0: about. I think they're gonna give you some slack. Okay. Well
1: uh um it, um, it's where over time my body built up its own immune cells, mm-hmm. but it was like those immune cells were storing themselves in my artery as if it were plaque. Uh, See what I'm saying? Yeah. It okay. wasn't like I was doing anything bad. No, but there was nothing I could do to, to prevent that from going to happen. Sure. Um, and it's like, to me, organ transplant is just like if you were to take, say you were to take some flowers from your backyard that were so beautiful and doing so well in your backyard, and then you take them to your front yard, you decide to transplant them to your front yard, and they, they die. Conditions have to be perfect. Sure. It's soil, it's water, it's shade, it's sun, it's all of the conditions that have to be right to make that plant want to thrive. Mm. Same thing with organ transplant, I believe. That's that's how I think of it.
0: Makes um, total sense. Yeah. You're good metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and so uh, we looked at different options, and then we talked about, um, you know, the inevitable was re-transplantation. And I was like... Um, You know, I, between my first and second transplant, I had gotten a divorce. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I was remarried Mm -hmm. and it was like, I had a new um, purpose Mm -hmm. for my life. And um, do you
0: think the divorce came out of all the stress? And I mean, that's a lot for a human being to go through. Yeah,
1: I do. Yeah, Uh, I I would
0: imagine that would be hard.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very hard. Yeah. but um, you know, I, I was recently remarried,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and things were just so wonderful in my life um, that uh, when they when they told me that I had to have a new, uh, I was was going to have to be retransplanted, or I had the option to 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 do that. Um, it was no brainer. I was like, "Yes, let's do it. Okay, I got this. Got it." I mean, I'd already been through it once and I knew what to expect um, and for some reason I wasn't scared I was terrified the first time um, but it was like okay let's do it let's, let's, let's just, let's do it and um, I got put on the transplant list that day and uh, within six weeks hmm. I didn't. I got called um, and uh, um, that was it it was May 16th 2012 so I'm I just celebrated my sixth birthday
0: <laughs> did you know anything about that heart? I do what do you know about that heart?
1: Uh, that it came from a young man um who had a uh, who had a wife and a lovely family and and a child and uh, you know I don't know hmm. so um, so I had my surgery it all went incredibly well um, I was actually up out of the bed, walking down the hallway uh, within 12 hours after my surgery.
0: Wow. You were a lot healthier this time. Yep. For sure. I
1: was healthier this time, for sure. And um, I knew what to expect. And I knew what it was going to take for me to be physically successful and mentally successful. And it, it was... It was great and and the support system that was there uh for my family and for my wife and you know it, i just i was at a lo- i was in a lot better state yeah. just in general yeah, and so um yeah that was that was it i mean it, it, i just I did very well the second time, very well I think I was out of the hospital in like ten days, maybe.
0: Do you still get those checkups all the time? I do.
1: I don't have to do a biopsy anymore. Oh. They don't. They don't. They still go in. And they check Look. check the pressures and all that kind of stuff, but they don't actually take a little piece out of it anymore.
0: Anything different about this besides the feeling healthy and having the support system and all that? Emotionally, is there?
1: Yeah, I feel um,
0: especially because it's a younger person.
1: <laughs> well, there's. So you were asking about food the first time. If I noticed, if I like anything different, I used to, I used to, I couldn't stand mushrooms, but now it's like I crave them. Like I have a craving for mushrooms. I don't know what it is.
2: Interesting. I
1: mean, that, that would be the only thing that I would say that's, that's, that's different about my, my taste palette These days.
0: I'm curious how you knew this family versus, or this person versus the last person. Was it a They reached out to me. Have you met them?
1: No, I have not.
0: Are you planning to?
1: That is, um...
0: You had to be determined.
1: (laughs) That's one thing that I still struggle with. Why? Um... It's because, um... they reached out to me and it's, and it's my, it's my, it's my decision whether I want to reach back out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I don't know if they'll be proud.
0: Oh, what do you mean?
1: I mean, that's their son and somebody's husband, somebody's father and, I just don't want to ever be disappointing to anybody.
0: Oh my God, your story is so beautiful though, and everything you've done and all you've endured, I imagine they're I'm gonna tear up, but I imagine that they would be so proud.
2: I don't know.
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of emotions around Yeah. That
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of I think about it a lot.
0: When I think about transplant stuff, I think, you know, if there was ever more proof that how connected we are, mm-hmm. it's that like you're the living embodiment of the connection of humanity. Yeah. So it's incredible.
1: Um, you know, it's just,
0: uh, and their son lives on in you. I know, man. I
1: just want to make sure that I'm worthy. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go out on the limb and say you're absolutely 100% worthy. I've known you all of an hour.
1: <laughs> well, um,
0: your being in general is lovely. Thank you. It's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't just throw that around. That's a big word. Lovely. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I just want to make them proud. Yeah, and and I'll I'll, I'll do it, but it, it it just it's gotta feel like the right time for me.
0: Totally makes sense to do that. Yeah, totally makes sense.
1: Um, and I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: Yeah, do you, if you had to do it all over again, would you still knowing that? You know, the zero point was you being there and being a part of the first responding. And a lot of people got sick, obviously. Mm-hmm. Many people lost their lives, mm-hmm. um, whether in that day or later because mm-hmm. of it. Would you, would you still do it all over again? Absolutely. Yeah. I figured you were going to say yes. Well,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I With just, every
0: right to say I, no, I, I, I figured... I, <laughs> I don't
1: know anything different from my life.
2: Yeah.
0: You
1: know, I, I don't know how my life would have ended, ended up if, if I hadn't gone in the military. And I hadn't made the choices that I made and I hadn't done the things that I had done and go through. It makes me who I am today.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm, I, you know, I am proud of who I am. um, And, um, but I don't like to think of myself as um, any different than anyone else. I don't want to ever use, um, what I've been through in my story as a crutch for my life. And I see a lot of, uh, people that, that do that, uh, whether it's, um, and, and it's hard for me, it's hard for me to talk to, um, well, I find it difficult sometimes to talk to people that are our age about, um things this heavy because a lot of people can't identify with something this major, Mm. um, being sick, um, going through major world events firsthand. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that just can't identify with something that big.
0: I think human beings are in a lot of ways scared of their own Mortality and certainly, perhaps even their own humanity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If I see you and me, what does that mean? Oh, I don't know. You know. Yeah. It's a lot to think about for people.
1: Yeah, it is. Um. And. Um,
0: does that make you feel like you're? On your own island, obviously you have a family that you can talk to.
1: No, it, no, 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 and, and I have a lot of great friends. Yeah, I have a lot of great friends, and 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 a lot of people know.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, um, you know, I I, but when I introduce myself to people, and I meet people for the first time, or I'm getting to know somebody, um, I want them to know me for who I am.
0: You know, go, hello, my name is Tin Man.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I want them to get to know me for me and my personality and, and, and who I am as a person, even though this is made me who I am as a person uh, altogether. I, I would rather get them know me for me than uh, the, the three heart guy. You, yeah. know? Um, you know, I just don't want to be ever treated any, any differently than anyone else.
0: Has anyone ever done that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Mm. A little bit,
0: like kid glove you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: and I can take it, man.
0: Mm. That speaks more about them than you, of course. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: But um, we don't
0: treat anyone else other than how we feel about ourselves. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: So, um, but um, this heart has been great. Yeah, And the difference between this one and the last one is like night and day.
0: I wonder what the age difference is. I don't know. I wonder if that makes a difference. I don't know. I would imagine it probably does. I don't you know. know. But, yeah, I don't know either.
1: I don't know. I feel like I'm going to live until I'm 117 years old.
0: Let's hope so. <laughs> Why not? I, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, this one's come along with uh, some complications too. Like? Uh, um Let's see, I had my transplant in May and in um, August of 2012. I was at home again. Um, I got a headache and uh, it turned into like a migraine and it lasted for three days. And my wife was finally like, We need to, you need to go to the doctor. So I did. I went to the emergency room and um, I had fungal meningitis. Whoa! Not cool. No. It was awful. Uh, turned out that for uh, those
0: that don't understand what that means, it means the lining of your brain is now too big for its yep its shell. Yep. Yeah, not a good thing.
1: No, it was not a good thing, <laughs> and uh, that can be a side effect of heart transplantation. It can. Uh, it's actually. Um, it's not common, but it can happen. Um, and I think it uh, has to do with, and again, I'm not a doctor. Uh, there's, there's certain medicine that the, that the surgeons use to um, sterilize the heart on entry into your body. And um, it, can, it can cause that to happen. And it happened. Um, you know. I'm like a one-in-a-million patient, transplant, everything else, and why not that, too? So go it was big or go ri- home. Yeah, go big or go home, for real. Um,
0: Hope you're buying lottery tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I never do. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it was really bad. I was really sick.
0: Yeah, and, and antifungals is- are Hard on the body. Oh, man. So hard on the body.
1: And, um, you know, this is, if I'm saying that I was really sick, I'm, this is coming from a person that's had a stroke and two heart transplants. I was sick. I, I literally didn't get out of the hospital bed for a month. Good Lord. And I didn't eat for like three days at a time.
0: And they were probably pumping you with saline to keep you hydrated. You know,
1: I'm like a thin guy. Um, I lost like 25 pounds. I was like real thin. And I, you know, I had all this medicine coming in. That was, I mean, it was awful. And And uh, your
0: filtration organs were probably freaking out the whole time. Yeah,
1: and it caused kidney problems. Yeah, Um, absolutely. You know, they even talked about dialysis at one time and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of training to get me physically healthy again. I mean, it was hard. So, um, you know, but moving past that,
0: here you are. I'm cool. You look great. Thanks. Got rosy cheeks. Yeah. Bomb ass hair. <laughs> 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 Not that hair has anything to do with anything, but you know, whatever. Wow. So, what's where? What's your eye on now at this point? Just. Ever every day moving forward, you have yeah. a unique perspective on life, of course, yeah, because you totally. have, you know, danced in the hallway.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, you know, I think I'm just living. I, I've got to keep moving on. I mean, there there's things that I want to do, and there's. You know, I've got five-year goals and 10-year goals just like everybody else does. Yeah. You know, and I, and I try to plan and think ahead and listen. I mean, the, the fact that I'm even here, that I'm even sitting here talking to you about this, is an absolute, total miracle. I am a, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm a medical marvel of modern science.
0: Absolutely. It is
1: absolutely incredible. And listen, I am—I pretty much eat everything organic. Mm. I'm uh, pretty much a vegetarian,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when I do eat meat, like it's—I I, like I know where it comes from, like it—it's—it's. It's, I get serious about that stuff, and my wife has really taught me a lot about healthy living and healthy mind and keeping balanced and all that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're a yoga practitioner and things like that too as well, right? Yes. You do all sorts of yeah. like good body mm-hmm. things. Yeah.
1: Um, and um, it, um, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You only get one chance, man.
0: Or three. Or,
1: <laughs> or three. I, I, I don't, I don't ever wish what I've been through on anybody else.
2: Huh.
1: It's, it's uh, not easy. Mm-mm. And, um, you know, I think living up to the expectations of being a transplant recipient is not easy sometimes either because, um, sometimes, sometimes the public's perspective of what you should be and it, it's hard. Uh, sometimes, you know, people see my life and, and things that I've done, but, um, and things that I should be on the straight and narrow of everything.
0: What does that mean exactly?
1: I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess on, I don't know. I just know what it means to me. Yeah. Um,
0: how it feels. Yeah. Know. Yeah.
1: I, I think, um, you know, I love to drink beer. Yeah. I love it. Good. I love drinking wine. And, and those are things that I love, but like, you have to keep, um, everything in moderation. This is exactly what it is. Yeah. Moderation, you know,
0: and Um, you had to enjoy your life. My gosh, you're not,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Especially I would think not that we all, I mean, honestly, we should all go through life as if, this is our last day on Earth, of course, not in a hedonistic way, but yeah. in a joyful, in a seeing ourselves as a miracle, as seeing everything we do in that.
1: Yeah, but at the it's same, it's very
0: hard to do because we're human beings, and we're exactly you know, most of us are assholes. So I know I can be an <laughs> asshole, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and
1: I am too, and that's that's one of the other things that I find interesting about this heart. And I don't know if this is from uh, uh, me assuming somebody else's personality. But, um, or it just has to do with me being older. I don't take shit from anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm a lot more fiery than I used to be, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe that just has to do with getting older and just,
0: you know. Yeah. You suffer no fool. Grumpy. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Or you've seen that life is is not worthy of a waste of time. Yeah. Because we don't have time.
1: And another thing that I was saying about not being able to, Hmm. it's not that I'm not able to talk to people about it. I I am.
0: Well, clearly you're here. Yeah,
1: but like. um,
0: You're about to talk to 100,000 people. uh, (laughs) Whee!
1: (laughs) But uh, I, um, people hesitate to talk about their own problems to me.
0: Mm. I could see why that would be. Because
1: they think that it's so insignificant compared to what I've been through. It's not.
0: Right.
1: It's not. It's just, this is my story. You have yours. Mm -hmm. And whatever's going on in your life is intimate and personal and valid valid to you. Yes, of course. And um, I don't want to ever make anybody feel uncomfortable, like they cannot talk about stuff that's happening in their own life and sometimes I get that Mm. and sometimes you know uh, people talk to me about you know having a stomach ache or a headache and they're like oh I shouldn't complain you know this and that because look at what you've been through I'm like no that's going on with you it's perfectly valid for you to feel that way yeah You know.
0: why did you wait three days to go to the hospital with a bad headache like that because
1: a- i thought it would go away
0: oh, okay did any part of you whisper in your ear like oh. "Fuck"? Yeah.
1: yeah um um no when it when it got it got the headache got so bad i could barely even open my eyes because the light was, mm. would just intensify it and then that's why i was like listen there's something wrong
0: mm.
1: something wrong we, we need to go
0: are you an organ donor <laughs> yeah can your heart be don't let's say you lived to 107. I don't That's think probably, so. No. Okay. I,
1: I actually tried to, um, after my transplant, I tried to donate bone marrow mm. and they wouldn't let me do it. Mm-hmm. I can't even donate blood either.
0: Probably. Well, Cause you had all that. I don't know. Oh,
1: okay. I don't know the medical reason. They're
0: like, just there. keep it all in yeah, there. Yeah. Just keep it. <laughs> just keep it all yourself. <laughs> don't even spit on the sidewalk. Just- <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, but I am an organ donor. I, I, I think, um, when I'm done with my body, um, I, I want to be donated to medical science for research purposes. Mm. Because there's not too many of me walking around.
0: Right.
1: I think only a handful.
0: Yeah. If in the are, world. are there three times, my lady? Are there? Yeah. Four? Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. It's yeah. A lot for one corpus to go through <laughs> yeah for sure jeff you're extraordinary thanks thanks for being here thanks for having me and for telling your story it's it's amazing and crazy and all the things
1: well this is i'm the, glad you're here this is the first thank you
0: <laughs> i'm glad you're on the planet thank you yeah
1: uh this is the first time i've ever done anything like this
0: oh well.
1: so um it's a little nerve-wracking a little bit very
0: well thank
1: you (laughs) Um, but I hope that um, somebody that is going through any type of situation in their life whether it's um, personal or medical or anything like that I hope that um, I can be an inspiration
0: I think you can guarantee that
1: that um, you know don't give up yeah you're gonna be alright it, physically and mentally, you're much more. You're you're capable of much more than you think you possibly are. Because I, I would never, in my wildest dreams, ever imagine that my life would turn out like this, and and here I am.
0: Here you are.
1: And um, listen, your your attitude is your altitude. You're gonna go as high and as far as you think you are. And if you think your life is limitless, then it will be. Agreed. You know what I mean?
0: I do. Well done. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.